You know, I used to want to be perfect. I have, I had to learn to love my imperfections. What are they? There's plenty of them. Do you have time? (laughs) (laughs) For all of us that are grappling with our imperfections, let's, let's, you know what? I will mention one of mine, mention one of yours. You, cause you start first. Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to the Brain and Brand Show. I'm Timothy Maurice. Today, I have the privilege of bringing you a conversation with Los Angeles-based Veronica Villanueva, the author of The Grace of Cancer. I wanted to share with you this interview because Veronica has what I consider to be a full toolbox of resources and insights to deal with everything from heartbreak, mind power, and optimal healthy living. In fact, on Veronica's Instagram, she has a tagline, Badass Belief Coach. And you're about to hear why. Meet Veronica Villanueva, the founder of Alive, Well, Thrive. Enjoy. Veronica Villanueva, welcome to the Brain and Brand Show. Good morning to you, Timothy. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to open the conversation with, I love where... And I love how people dedicate their books. It says a lot about them. And you dedicated your book to the reader and to yourself. Why to yourself? I'm going through it. I have to dedicate everything I do to myself first because because I, it starts with me. There is no story without me. So Got it. Me first. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> right now, this, this, just so we can familiarize our audience, you are in California? Los Angeles, to be exact. Los Angeles. Lovely. So before we dive into your book, you grew up in the Philippines. Am I correct? I was born there, raised in San Francisco. Okay, cool. I noticed that you mentioned that at seven years old, you were in the Philippines and your father passed away in a plane crash, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, that was a very difficult time. But, you know, being seven years old, you don't fully understand the gravity or the trauma behind something like that. Yeah, you mentioned that maybe in retrospect, you felt abandoned. I mean, this often happens when you lose someone early on, when you can't really process it. All you know is they're not coming home. Right. Um, My father was home. He left home to go to work. He never came back. As a child, you can't really process that. All you know is your father was here and now he's gone. And because my mother was not very communicative, so I didn't get a lot of explanations from her. So now as an adult um, and, and as an empowered adult, I don't make excuses. I use my trauma and my past to empower me rather than use them as excuses to hold me as a prisoner of my own past. I I love your mindset. I love the work in your book and how you frame your book. But just one more question before we get into the content. What was life like for you as a teenager? Where were you as a teenager? I was in the Bay Area. It was quite difficult um, because I paid for all of my high school. 
Um, I went to a Catholic school. My parents could not, could not afford to send me to a private school. So I had three jobs um, and I also lived alone. I emancipated myself from my parents early on and lived with like five people. So I paid for my education, paid for my living. So early on, I know what struggle looked like. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about in the middle of all of that, what was the romance? Where would, where would you say the romance of your life was in some of those challenging times? You know, past your teen years into your early 20s, tell me a little bit about the things you really enjoyed about life. The adventure. I was always a risk taker. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you say no to me, I say yes. <laughs> and oh, I wow. will do anything and everything to, to basically prove that you should have said yes to me to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I was already full of life. I love life. I love, you know, experiencing different cultures. I was really hungry, hungry for anything. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think that's what fueled me. You know, when you have hunger, when you come from almost nothing, t things were taken away from you. Lifestyle was taken away from my, from my family when my father passed away. And I remember that because we you know, we celebrated having a great lifestyle in the Philippines. And as soon as my father passed away, our life changed in such a dramatic way where not only his death really um, traumatized me because I was his only daughter, but also the lifestyle changed, the shift really traumatized, the separation, not only of losing my father, but also my mother, because now she had to work. She had to leave the country and go to the U.S. to make a living for the first time in her life. So that was a big change for a child. When did, yeah, yeah. When did you first fall in love? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> first time I fell in love. Um, knowing what love is today. Yes. I'd like to believe just recently. Really? Yes. Can you tell us about it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, like everything else in life, somehow our, our upbringing just showed us or conditioned us, right? Mm. Um, what does a woman look like? How does a woman behave? Wh what should we do for a living? Or should we even work <laughs> outside of our home? So we're also conditioned to believe what love is how we should love, who we should love, who we should fall in love with, right? So, and that's why I say the love I know now today is very different from the love I knew then, right? Yeah. That was transferred to me. That was given to me. And today I get to pick, I get to choose what kind of love I want. Yeah. And to me, it starts with celebrating who I am. I'm wow. a very strong person. Yes. You have to celebrate me. Because yeah. in turn, the queen will celebrate her king. Mm. <laughs> but I, reciprocation. Yeah, that's the okay. kind of love. That's the kind of love I want. And it's okay. not unconditional. Wow. It is conditional. Yes. You love I, me. I love you. You don't love me. 
I'm probably not going to love you. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have to tell you, I have to tell you that you remind me a lot of, of one of Nelson Mandela's granddaughters. I helped, uh, her name is Zolega Mandela. <clears throat> She's also a cancer survivor. Her, wow. The title of her book is Hope Whispers. And I'm going to connect the two of you. You guys have oh very God, similar. Oh my God, I have goosebumps. Timothy, oh my God. Yeah. I love her title. <gasps> oh. It's beautiful, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. Just... So please, You're... yes, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. So wow. your title moves me similarly in that the grace of cancer. You know, when I first came across it, you know, the first thing I just thought was this person is has an abundant mindset long before I dove into the actual body of work. And I was just really, really moved. Um, you know, the book essentially looks at how you got, you know, getting your heart back and your body back. Right. And, you know, for me, I want us to start this conversation similar to how you started your book with explain to our listeners what Sisu is. Oh my gosh. I just recently reread my book and, you know, I finished my book on my birthday. Oh, wow. Yes. I made sure I finished it on my birthday. It was a gift to myself. Um, wow. And so I'm reading it again because my birthday is coming up. And I read that, Sisu. Sisu is me. And mm. anybody else who has never given up on life. And it doesn't mean that we haven't thought about giving up. Yes. <laughs> But that doesn't stay. It's not, yeah. we're not weaved that way. Um, giving up is just not part of our vocabulary. It is, I always said, I always said, I will die trying to be alive. Mm. Mm. And I do that every day because I, wow. I'm hungry to live a life that is alive every moment of the day. If I'm wow. going to wake up, I'm going to be awake. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's I love what it. the word says. Wake up. So therefore, yeah. I will be awake. Yeah. That's how we show up to the world. Yeah. God's given us a chance to wake up, the gift of waking up. So why are you not literally going to take that? Seriously. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you personifying the word. And, you know, for those who want to explore this concept around just this indomitable spirit, this, this idea of not giving up, for, for, for those who are thinking, I identify with it, but I don't have it in me yet. Let's talk about how to develop that mindset, a Sisu mindset too so they can become like a veronica and have this sort of <laughs> you know this energy this vivaciousness how do you get that because you know and it's only 7 a.m and it's only yeah, 7 exactly exactly <laughs> exactly but how do we get this i mean it's you know talking about it and seeing people like you some people would argue that genetically people are wired differently but those who are going through it right now talk to them um Obviously, my book starts with not only giving up, but everything starts in the mindset, right? And you can appreciate that, Timothy. 
And your mindset can either empower you or diminish your life, right? And I'd like to believe, even though my book says, my story starts really in the heart. Yes. yes. But then your mind, it also starts in the mind as soon as you want to take action. Mm. But it's such, because it, the disease itself the diagnosis and the prognosis in my case, it's hard not to take it, you know, personally <laughs> in the beginning. Right. And then you yes. snap out of it. You snap out of it because when you take it personally, what happens? You become a victim and yep. Veronica Villanueva is never going to be a victim. So it's a mindset from the heart yes. to the mindset. Wow. So it is it's a decision. It's still something that you have to decide. And most people don't understand that you're still empowered. You can still make a decision. And that's, why, that's how I remind people is even though you've been given a diagnosis and a prognosis, again, let me repeat myself. You have a choice to say yes to that or to say no to that. And that starts, again, for me, I wanted to live. I want, I love life. And when you told me you're taking it away from me, I love it even more. That's mm -hmm. who I am. You know, I, scarcity, don't give me scarcity because I'm going to give myself abundance. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to take my, my, my abundance away. I promise this won't take long. Guys, please take a moment and comment on the episode on whichever platform you're listening. It's a small way of supporting the show. All right, now back to Veronica. And that's how I felt. So the more I was, I was told I wasn't going to be here, the more I knew I was going to live. I knew that I was going to, because it's just who I am. I, yeah. I, I, when I want something, I go for it. And yeah. like I said, I will die trying. <laughs> <laughs> and that I'm not ashamed of, by the way. Yes. A yes. woman who was crazy enough to keep trying to be alive, that's me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, have, you have engineered your life in a way where you feed this energy of yours. You feed your mindset, your body, your, your entire being through education, through lifestyle choices, through, you know, alternative medicine practices. Let's talk a little bit about the, the role education plays in keeping you hopeful, keeping you sharp and feeling abundant. Well, just information alone today is abundance, right? Mm, yes. And you don't even have to leave your house to have all those abundance. I'm very much an opportunistic person in the sense where I will always look for something to empower me. And to me, information, although we're drowning in information, I have learned to simplify it for myself. And education for me is my daily vitamins to myself, to my oh, brain. Oh, wow. I love that. It's the first time I've heard that before. Yeah, I... I 
we we need vitamins in our lives <laughs> the <laughs> supplements i mean vitamin l i speak about that in my book vitamin l for laughter i make wow. sure give myself vitamin l for laughter every day um there's not a day that i don't laugh timothy um even on the sa- saddest day i'm laughing because i know what sadness is wow so my Amazing. brain my brain i tell you um the doctors told me that the next place um the tumor would met- metastasize would be my brain so my oh, brain wow. I value so much. So when he said that, I said, I don't know how long I have left to have this beautiful brain of mine. I better study like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I was listening to audiobooks, I was reading, I was taking notes, any other any and I was watching. I learned to study in so many different ways because I felt like there's only one Veronica but I don't know how long I'm going to have my brain so every day was like maximizing information absorption <laughs> and when you do that I just you it, I don't there's no anxiety there's no time there's no room because mm-hmm. I'm being fed by the most amazing data the most amazing and 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 empowering information I was excited because every time I learned something it gave me hope And wow. so I got addicted to studying because it was my first of hope, my first place where I found hope. Mm-hmm. Because people were saying no to me, people were not giving me hope. So I turned to books to give me wow. hope. Wow. Let I want to go inside of your body. I want to I want you to imagine we're taking the listener inside of your body when there was the potential of this tumor manifesting in your brain. Let's let's talk about what happened inside of your body. Like the processes that you went through to help rid your body and to position you to go on this journey where you are now. Let's take the let's take the reader through through that journey. First I have to apologize because sometimes I feel like I make it really sound easy, maybe even harsh, but to do what I wanted, I required everything. And it, it also requires no judging yourself. So what I'm going to say to you is it was easy. Okay. It was easy because I had made the decision. And that's how you know you made the decision when things become easy because everything about you follows in Got that it. path. Got so, it. so let's un- me, uh, let's unpack the easy. So the easy was for me to accept that there's a disease in my body and I needed to educate myself as much as possible and as fast as possible of what I needed to do to get rid of it. So whatever okay. I learned first, I executed almost instantly the second i learned it so for example no sugar okay instantly no sugar that's wow. how there was okay. no gap in between knowledge and execution it mm. it it was almost instant i didn't have the luxury of knowledge absorption experiment execution 
No. Knowledge, execution, done. Mm. That's, that's wow. how I functioned. And that's what I mean about being severe. There is no time for procrastination. There is no time for wavering. There is no time to doubt. There is only time to believe and execute. Wow. This, so many people get stuck. And the other theme in your book is overcoming sort of heartbreak and challenge and so forth. Some people, a lot of people, heartbreak is a very real thing. Neuroscientists have now shown that heartbreak actually happens in the brain. Like there is a neurological breakage. Yes. So how did, talk, let's talk through bouncing back. Um, this is where my Leo side comes in. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a lion. So the image of me coming back and not allowing my setback to dictate who I am today and, or who I was back then and not allowing that to impact me in a negative way, I couldn't. When you learn to love yourself, Timothy, you're very protective of what you allow to hurt you. Yeah. Because you wow. still have control of that. And yes. we're not just walking around saying, hurt me, hurt me, come, come. No, we can actually build a bubble that says, no, you can't hurt me like that anymore. I used to let you hurt me like that. I used to let myself hurt myself like that. Wow. So to master self-love, to master knowing who you are, that's what it means, right? You know, mm. to know who you are, first of all, you have to have clarity. But to have clarity of who you are, it's what you have to have courage. Because you have to be courageous enough to know and love you for who you are. And all of Veronica isn't perfect. You know, I used to want to be perfect. I, have, I had to learn to love my imperfections. What are they? There's plenty of them. Do you have time? <laughs> <laughs> For all of us that are grappling with our imperfections, let's, let's, you know what? I will mention one of mine. Mention one of yours. You, you start first. Okay. One of my imperfections is always wanting to please and love even the people Perhaps I shouldn't. Okay. Uh, and I just, I want to always see the goodness in people. Okay. <laughs> and so you're saying you shouldn't see the goodness in people? I think I have to learn to better. And we were just talking about that, right? Yep. To protect myself okay. from few people. And there okay. are. There are those sure. because life is full of duality. There's the good and there's the bad. But sure. I like to only see my life as this big sunshine. Okay. And sometimes <laughs> I have to see the, the clouds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I need oh to be better goodness. at that. I need to be better okay. at that. Okay. Uh, just quickly, because this is not about me. I also need to be better at, I work too hard sometimes. I need to take more time for the people I 
the, the people I love. So anyway, it's not about me. All right, let's move on. It is so, too about you, Timothy. Okay, 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 <laughs> Veronica. Thank you. Thank you. Let's look, let's look at lifestyle, diet, overall health, cannabis. Let's talk all of those things and what you are doing to drive this, you know, this message of awareness in lifestyle, both from a product perspective as well as a philosophical perspective. Well, okay. I always say you can't bring awareness to an issue or a problem without creating a solution for it, right? In fact, okay. I just told somebody that. So um, I created an awareness of it's our lifestyle, at least my lifestyle created the disease in my body. Oh, wow. So therefore, my lifestyle has to be my medicine. Mm. And oops, wow. I realize it's everyone else's issue too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just unique to me. I just happen to get sick. Okay. There's many of us out there that lives this modern lifestyle that creates so unhealthy habits and behaviors and really are so negative in in A to Z, in all, of, in all areas of our life. So lifestyle has to become our medicine because it's lifestyle that created the illness, the unhappiness, the stress, all of that. So we have to go back and recreate, rewire ourselves, retrain ourselves, re-engineer our lives. That's what I had to do with cancer. After cancer, during cancer, you know, it's, I'm not the, the woman I was even yesterday, yesterday. Um, mm. And I'm proud to say that and to be confident because that is who I want to be. I want to constantly evolve. I, if I look at a plant or a flower outside in my garden, that plant was not, it doesn't look the same as yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. So why should we? We should be evolving with nature. We should be evolving. I mean, we have birthdays. So that means sure. we're, we're aging, we're, we're evolving. And so our mentality, our heart, and, and we do have our core values that remain and that ground us. But like I said, <clears throat> if you really are authentically honoring yourself, you know, you're also peeling the layers as you discover and master who you are. Yeah. And I'm committed to that journey. Can so, we talk a little, can we talk quickly, just a little bit about confronting our primitive instincts for a second, okay? And in, in some of my new work that I'm about to put out, you know, I talk a little bit about our fertility window and how much, pressure society puts on us so if a guy starts bawling going bald it's traumatic to us because it signals to the world we leave in our fertility window when we start to get a bit of a beer gut it's signaling that we're not as healthy and fertile when a woman starts to age and her boobs start to sag a little bit the reason why the lifting industry is so big is that it helps project relevance in our fertility window because as we're leaving that window it's traumatic we don't feel seen anymore we don't feel as relevant to the world anymore 
for anyone grappling with that hardcore reality, struggling to love themselves because maybe you're a man listening and you're going bald or you're a woman and just things are just not like they were when you were 22. Can we talk to how do you love it? How do you love that version of yourself that's leaving that fertility window when society and Instagram and social media is all about projecting perfect fertility? Um, that's a great, I mean, that's a great thing to expose because everyone's going through it. You know, yes. it's self-acceptance, right? Or the yeah. lack of self-acceptance in this case. Um, it's hard. It's hard to not focus on the external. Our society rewards external, external worlds, Yes. You know, we talk so much about out, what's out there. Mm. Rarely do we talk about what's inside. And yeah. when you're talking, when, you, when you're just asking me that question, and, and um, the only thing I can say is, my God, I hope you know who you are. <laughs> because mm. that's the key to everything in life, I believe. You know, if yes. I didn't know who I am, those doctors, five of them would have had their way with me. Mm. I would have listened to him, to them, and said, yes. okay, doctor, you're so right. You're smarter than me. You know more than me. I don't know anything. I am not in charge of my life. I am not in charge of this body. You are. So you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Where this is where we must begin when we are children. Mm. Raising children with this mindset. Yes, yeah. because self mastery is a journey, and I I had to be in immersion <laughs> <laughs> of self mastery. I had to do this very quickly because Veronica, yeah. It needed to, I needed to go through that to save me. Yeah. And I think that comes through very strongly in, even in this conversation, but also in your book, that I love the idea of when you learn, you execute. I love that. Like, it may not be perfect knowledge, but it is more information. It's the power. Of, I mean, that is my favorite moment in this conversation. I really want to make sure that everybody goes out and get Veronica's book, you can go to Amazon, The Grace of Cancer, Lessons in Humility and Greatness. Veronica, you know what I appreciate about you more, the most is, is your energy. Your energy is truth. It's power. It's authentic. It's everything. And I am so, so grateful. You woke up so early and made time for this conversation. Thank you. Well, I am so honored every single time I get to speak to any audience, right? Because what I went through, although it's my story, it, I don't want it to stop there. And it shouldn't, you know, um, it yes. has to continue with somebody else's saying, look, I also exist because I did, I, I didn't give up. There you go. Yeah. We're going yeah. back to that word, Sisu, because, yes. you know, and I would like to, I hope, I hope that I'm part of that movement that starts that conversation of cancer is not a death sentence. Cancer is and could be exactly the life sentence you've been waiting for. 
Wow. I want to just close by you giving us one or two tips on how to begin right now to execute on detoxing your life. One thing that I always make sure is whenever I meet people, I always pay attention on how I feel when I leave them or when Mm. they leave me. Mm. What sort of emotions, what feelings did I receive? Did I absorb from that person? And if that person leaves me wanting more of that presence, then he or she makes it in my Rolodex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, sorry. There's no more Rolodex. That's very telling of my age. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's an app. Maybe there's Rolodex. There you go. There's an app. (laughs) So to detox, I think people... You know, people play a very major role in your life. You better make sure these people are worth being in your life, right? Wow. They, yeah. have, they have to earn to be in your life. And I don't say that with any arrogance whatsoever. But just because someone wants to enter your bubble doesn't mean you have to let them in. He's, he or she still needs the code. Yes. <laughs> And I am not just giving it to anybody. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so protect yourself. Don't be a victim okay. out there. Veronica, thank you for joining us on the Brainy Brand Show. Thank you for making my day start the way I would love it, laughing and having these <laughs> meaningful conversations. So you just fed my soul. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Veronica. Make sure you follow her on Instagram at the Veronica Villanueva. On her Instagram page, you'll get the link to her website, book, and so much more. Please share this episode with someone who needs to find their Sisu. Until next time. <laughs>